Today on Seeking Wisdom, we're going to talk about setting goals for your startup and the power of focus. The power of focus, uh, and we're going to give you a quick update on uh, a little change that we're going to be making to Seeking Wisdom, the future of Seeking Wisdom. The future is here. Uh, all right. So first, I just want to start off with a little uh, little update. Uh, we started Seeking Wisdom a couple months ago, and uh, we've been doing it weekly. Not sure how it would go, where it would live, but just something that we kind of we wanted to do. Uh, and the response has been awesome. We wouldn't still be doing it uh, if it wasn't. So shout out to all the people that have been writing reviews and tweeting, saying they liked the, everything from the intro music to the topics. Uh, we appreciate that. I got to tell you, the the intro music still has my head nodding, which is amazing. Yeah, that that's the once that's it the stops, then we'll we'll switch it up. We'll switch it up. Yeah, so that's definitely impressive to see this thing snowball. It's been the uh, the the snowball that just keeps on giving. So we're yeah. investing. We're doubling down. Yeah, so we're doubling down. And one of the things that we want to do is uh, we're actually going to wrap seeking wisdom into drift. And so we've kind of had it separate. Uh, I don't know where we'll live like in the short term, but longer term, we're going to actually make it part of you know our site at Drift and just you know our, our culture is all about learning and sharing the things that we're learning. And so we want to make seeking wisdom uh, a big part of that. And so uh, in addition, one of the things that we're going to start doing, and you know, on top of all the stuff that we talk about every week, from you know reading to learning to growing. We want to add a little more tactical stuff in here. We've been getting a bunch of questions from people who want to know more tactically, like, what are you guys doing at Drift? And so we're going we're gonna to try to bring that to you on Seeking Wisdom. Uh, and today will be the first really tactical, tactical one we're going to dive into. So uh, let's get to it. Speaking of, of tactical, uh, we, we kind of did something here this quarter at Drift that, that had a huge change on our culture and company. Yeah, it was all about, you know, it's uh, all about focus. It's kind of, again, one of the simple things, but not easy to do. We all know that we have to focus, and, uh, and when you think you're focused, you have to focus more and more and more, and uh, we learned that in the last quarter here. Yeah, so, uh, let's, so I want you to talk about this. So you set, basically, we had been, you know, months building stuff, talking to customers, doing marketing, doing sales, closing a couple deals here and there. Um, but like things weren't moving as fast as, as we wanted, and so you kind of made this decision of we're going to set a really clear goal for Q2, and the, the single goal for the entire team from sales to marketing to product was new signups for Drift. Yeah, so we had, uh, we had clear goals before, but we had goals, plural. And uh, you know, being a small team, uh, we had everyone, different parts of the team focus on different parts of the funnel. So if you look at like the... Active, uh, at the R funnel, as Dave McClure would, would say, uh, we were all looking at different parts of it, whether it was acquisition at the top of the funnel, activation, uh, bringing people back in the funnel, conversion, retention, usage. We were looking at basically too many parts of the funnel. Uh, and what I did was kind of zoom out and say, let's get everyone focused on just one part of the funnel. And the one part of the funnel that we know that needs to be true to hit the goals that we want to hit is uh, at the top of the funnel. We need a certain amount of people coming in and signing up and starting to use the product. Yeah, so we, we set this goal of, of signups. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about this because this one goes like basically against everything that is popular today. And, and something mm-hmm. that we talk about, and this is one of the reasons why we're building Drift as a product, yep. uh, is that 
but uh, you're not focused on retention. You can't grow without retention. Mm -hmm. uh, growth without retention isn't growth, right? You're just filling this bucket that's leaking. Uh, and then, you know, we made the basically opposite decision to only focus on top of the funnel. Yeah, and, uh, and why is that? And that's because we need a base to start with. And you need to remember, and we needed to remember that all of this comes in stages. And so the first stage is about uh, getting traction and getting up and running and getting the machine kind of starting to work. And then as time goes on and as you hit different revenue uh, points and different points of growth, then you start to focus on different stages of the funnel. But you can't start at the end um, without having anything in the beginning, yeah. if that makes sense. No, I think one of the, the really underrated things was, so we'll talk about like kind of why it worked and the impact on the team. But I think the the immediate impact it had was it simplified our funnel. And I think mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people make that mistake of, they have so many dashboards and like Excel sheets and, yep. and all these docs. And we did. Yeah, we did. I, I actually, I remember I sent in a slide for like our company meeting and it had like marketing update and it was like blog traffic growth, website traffic growth, Twitter follower growth, new leads, new email subscribers. And I remember you sent it back to me. You just X'd out the entire thing and you said, <laughs> this quarter, I just want to see uh, website traffic and signups. So that's, that's one, you know, one point in the funnel. Mm -hmm. And so we did that for the entire team, whether you were in product and engineering design uh, marketing, uh, what have you. Everyone on the team just focused on one number, which was how many new signups to Drift were we having each day. Was that like hard for you to do? Really freaking hard, right? To say, uh, but you're basically saying like, when you set a goal for a quarter, you're basically saying we're delaying making we're delaying revenue for another quarter. Yeah, and that's not even to say that Q3 you're just going to turn it back on, right? Yeah, potentially. So we, uh, it's really hard because I'm the you know, in past companies, and uh, I've always been, you know, maniacally focused on revenue. And, uh, and that was kind of in the old, and you've written about this, in the old kind of MQL playbook. And so uh, we've been focused on what we call the PQL playbook, which is the product qualified leads versus marketing qualified leads. What that net nets out to is uh, focused on getting people using the product signed up and using the product act actively versus just getting people to sign up lead forms and having salespeople follow up with them. And so, you know, with this shift, we had to shift our, our own playbooks and really focus on getting people in the product and activated and using uh, versus just get it, focusing on signups and lead forms. Yeah. I actually asked, so one of our advisors, friends, uh, Mike Volpe, all, you know, we talk about him a couple of times when it comes to marketing talking to him about like the mistakes that startups make when it comes to marketing. And he said the number one thing that he saw like across the board was that they focus too much on the bottom of the funnel. Yep. Too, early. too early focusing on closing sales, um, which you, you know, you can close sales, um, by doing superhuman things. And so what you want to avoid is doing too many superhuman things, uh, early on. And that's not the same as what we've talked about in the past, which is doing things that don't scale. Totally different thing. Su by superhuman, I mean like doing things that are kind of unnatural and basically in the product world, ending up doing a lot of custom work or a lot of building a lot of features that only a small group of customers or maybe even one customer is going to use just because you're chasing kind of early revenue. And if, you know, of course, we have this luxury drift because we're, we have a lot of money. Uh, we've raised a lot of money. We're well capitalized, so we have an advantage that 
Many don't. If you're bootstrapping company, it's going to be hard for you to do this. Uh, but we got to lean into our strengths. Yeah, but even still, like, there's probably got to be some balance, like uh, versus whale hunting and mm-hmm. spending six months like building some custom work for somebody, and then the deal doesn't end up closing. And yeah, and I, I've done that in the past. And so I, what I've known for the last several companies, and definitely with Drift, is that I didn't want to start an enterprise software company. Again, or I shouldn't say enterprise software. I should. I don't want to do enterprise sales, sales from the get go again. And I've, I did that in kind of my first few startups, uh, first couple of startups, and uh, and we, you know, got a lot of revenue really fast. But uh, it was a painful sales process. It was you know six month, twelve month uh, sales process, and uh, and more painful than the sales process is the renewal process because as you start to grow and you start to uh, uh, you know, hit that hockey stick of revenue. So much of your revenue is coming from upsells and renewals, and you have to sell those all over again, especially in the enterprise sales context where a lot of people who you, your buyer may have left the company. And so you have to start from the beginning, resell and upgrade at the same time. And when those deals start to become multi million dollar deals, a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you have to spend so much time on the marketing side just thinking about marketing ops, which is like yeah. a huge headache just to think about. Such a huge thing. So I never wanted to do that again, and I want to go the other other way, which we think is how the world is going because we think buyers are changing. And so that old enterprise sales model that I used 15 years ago um, still works and still is valid for a, for a subset of software companies, but we think more and more – uh, the buyers are changing and our expectations are changing. And we feel like people want to use software and people are in control of information, not salespeople. And so they just want to get into the product and understand what it can do. Yeah. And I mean, like you've said this, um, you, you don't care if nobody viewed one of our blog posts, but we hit all of our sign-up numbers. Oh, or, yeah. You know, right? Who it, cares? It's the one metric. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what's funny is that without focusing on paid customers mm-hmm. we've had way more people raise their hand to pay, and pay. for drift it's <laughs> just insane insane yeah <laughs> so you know our conversion rate to paid has actually increased uh dramatically you know since we started to only focus on signups and so great benefit and how do you think it's changed your job it's just, changed it's changed my job because like there's no like bullshit kind of vanity metrics yep. um like traffic is still important because but traffic it forces me to look at how traffic to our blog, for example, moves the needle yep. on traffic to our website. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing that I look at now is not necessarily just blog traffic, but if I go look at our homepage traffic, how much of a percentage of our homepage was traffic was driven from our blog? Yep. And then figure Thanks. out, oh, let's do more of this or less of that. Mm-hmm. So um, do you think your job is easier now or harder now? Oh, yeah, it's way easier. The first couple mm-hmm. months were like were, were, were hard and confusing because – you know, you got to get emails and you got to get leads and then like, but I don't know how we close leads and like, do we have demos and do we have webinars or weekly demos or do we just like pass them off to sales? Now, like the funnel is so crystal clear. It's, we get people to our website and once they're on a website, we try to get them to sign up for Drift. Yep. And if they don't use the product, uh, we don't, there are no lead forms, so we are not talking to them. Yeah. One of the interesting things that like I think we're starting to see is uh, somebody asked us the other day, said, do you guys have outbound sales? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, but then I talked to Kevin about it, who doing sales for us. We actually kind of do have outbound, but it's outbound that's different. Outbound here means 
once you're in the product yes. and we realize you've done X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. that's when you get a sales touch. Yes. And I think that's where we're starting to see more. Anyway, that's a whole different topic for a different day. Uh, want to talk about, so this one goal, mm-hmm. let's talk about the impact that it had on the, on the team. Yeah. So I think we had been going down this path um, since December anyway, because one of the things that we did as a team was to read the book, The One Thing by uh, Gary Keller. And a great book. I recommend it. Everyone on the team has a copy and here at Drift. And, uh, and it really, you know, just a reminder. It's an easy book to read, but it's just a reminder of the power of focus on one big rock uh, to move us forward. And so we all had been thinking that and quoting that book and talking about that book internally. And I think it was a natural progression into getting us all focused on, on one goal. And it really changed uh, how everyone works. Yeah, from, from everything. It, it, priorities for everything. Like mm-hmm. When you have this whole, so our goal was signups, right? This is how every conversation would, would, would go before. Hey, I think we should uh, do an integration with, with X or we should build you know, Y feature. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, uh, let's scope it out and let's think about it. Now, with signups as the goal, everyone's question after that is, but does that lead to new signups? Yep. Is that going to help us hit our goal? Mm-hmm. Right? And that, I think every team here f- was forced to think about stuff that way. Yeah, and I think the other thing it did is as, as we all identified the one metric that we were focused on, uh, we started to, as that metric started to climb and we started to, Dave would share kind of, uh, each week, how we were doing according to goal, uh, it introduced kind of like this momentum and this uh, snowball effect and gave people oxygen, right? And, uh, and so they were getting pumped about the stuff that they were doing because they saw the effect it was having on signups. Yeah, let's go in on that, on that for a sec, because I know this is something that you're, like every company you've preached, right? Mm-hmm. And getting, getting the whole, pro- you know, the product team, especially really close to customers, um, the thing that was crazy for me to see was we went from this state of like our engineers like and designers kind of thought like things were going well, but yep. it'd really just be based on like sales and marketing and being like, yeah, we had a good webinar this week with you know 50 demo mm-hmm. attendees, right? Mm-hmm. It but, was, yeah, they were kind of a step away. And what we always preach is, uh, or we try to live towards is first party feedback, right? That's what we try to talk to the, especially engineering and product about. And, uh, and most engineering teams are, Operating on second or third or fourth hand feedback, and you want to get as close, you want to get as much first hand feedback as possible. And uh, moving to signups started to get the team there because before we were, you know, uh, looking at a lot of metrics, they weren't really sure, and they were, you know, spending a lot of time talking to customers and hearing from customers. But we also we didn't because we didn't have a single metric. We didn't know how to say no to things, even though a customer might be bringing it up or a set of customers. Um, we didn't know if that was something that, you know, would benefit new customers. Yeah, and so like this, you mentioned usage being, being like oxygen. Mm-hmm. I think that, that kind of had a couple different formats. So one of them is our entire team here does support. Everybody has support yep. shifts. And the amazing thing was basically like within two, three days of making that shift to focusing on signups, the amount of inbound leads that we had, inbound yeah. conversations was insane. And then totally. so when you're the designer that like, design the onboarding flow mm-hmm. and it's your support shift and somebody writes in during that support shift saying like hey how do i get slack installed mm-hmm. like that's just a complete game changer totally because now it gives you focus on maybe the onboarding that you were working on for that product and even today we i was looking at a 
someone wrote, someone wrote in and they were like talking to Matt, who's one of our who's our PM, <laughs> yeah. and he also he's the guy in all the videos. If you look at all the videos we do, he's amazing at doing those. And uh, and the first thing that they said. Uh, when he told them their name, was like, oh, is this Matt from the videos? You know. <laughs> yeah, or like we, so we launched this, uh, we had a, a, a pretty big launch on Product Hunt. It was super successful for us. And mm-hmm. uh, it was crazy, like that day, our inbox was just blowing up the entire day. Yeah. And to just, to connect the dots of like the people that built the product to the people that sell and market the product are all now dealing with people that are writing in using this product. Like yeah. I think our company changed in a week because oh, of yeah. that. Overnight, yeah. It was like an overnight shift because everyone was getting that first-party feedback and getting that oxygen yeah. and, uh, and, and seeing the effect of what they were doing. Yeah, and, and now all the stuff are like all the stuff that we're doing next is based on real learnings, right? Mm-hmm. Not assumptions. Yep. We're actually able to look at how people are using Drift. And so we may have sacrificed revenue for today, but like do you, looking back at this quarter, so we crushed our goal mm-hmm. uh, First of all, which is makes it easier to look back and reflect on this. Yeah, yeah. Actually, looking back, I think well, we won't sacrifice revenue because, as we said, uh, yeah. you know, having this focus actually led to more people converting from a re- revenue standpoint than we we predicted. So let's give some people like some some advice. Like, what do you think would have? Why did this work for us? And what would make it not work for your company? Like, at, if you're listening and you're like, I want to set. I want my team. So, so the first thing is like have one clear goal. Yeah, and so I think that part is totally transferable to anybody in any company out there. Our goal may not be transferable. Where we were focused on signups, uh, even though that meant uh, taking our eye off of kind of revenue generating yeah. activities. In the end, I think uh, it, it, it netted out and it was great. Uh, but I think for some other companies who don't have. Um, the resources that we do, like that might not work out, but this this idea of the one thing and having one goal that the entire company is focused on and that goal being aligned with customers, totally everyone can do yeah, that. Yeah, like, okay, maybe you're listening and uh, churn is insane. Mm-hmm. Should you keep blogging to get more traffic and, and running Facebook ads to get more traffic and mm-hmm. building features for new marketing partners? Yep. Or... Should you focus the entire company on churn? Yeah, I think if you're at a substantial revenue uh, number, I think you should probably focus your entire company on churn. And we did that back in the day for probably a couple years at HubSpot and uh, really turned the company around by doing that. But the biggest thing is signups worked for us because of where we're at. Exactly, because of our stage. And we're super early stage, and, uh, and so it was perfect for us. How do you think this, you know, this focus on this one thing is going to change what you do in six months? Uh, man, that's a good question. I think it depends. Um, it depends on the goal. Mm-hmm. Like I think as we continue to grow, so, so let's just say like uh, we set a next goal of, okay, now we're doing good on signups. We want to get people active. Like mm-hmm. say that's our next goal. I don't think that means that like I would stop focusing on getting new signups, mm-hmm. right? Because you still have to do things to bring those mm-hmm. in. I think it's just more like, Okay, if our company goal is activation, how can I, as a marketer, like what are the areas that I could be helpful? Maybe Mm -hmm. I could help, you know, write emails that'll help get people activated Mm because that's something that we're good at. Or, um, you know, how can I help identify opportunities to get more people activated? I think it doesn't work if Mm -hmm. you just keep juggling and you stop juggling one. Like if I just stop focusing on signups. Mm-hmm. And we focus on activation. That's great. Yep. Then we're going to have to come back the next quarter. Like, do you think that's going to be a, a problem? Like, do you keep juggling these different goals, or is it is it both? 
Uh, yeah, the answer is always both. Uh, no, I think I think I don't think it'll be a problem. I think what will happen is that um, the product teams goal, right? Product team and maybe success teams uh, goals. Is activation. Yeah, it will be activations and in the future will be uh, retention and, you know, usage and some of these things. And, uh, and, and that'll make sense at that point. And, but, you know, marketing will focus on uh, signups and probably activation and some of the other metrics. I think they're all overlap and we're going to have to focus on all parts of the funnel once we hit the different stages. The key is, at what stage do you focus on what goals and uh, and making sure that those two are aligned? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last thing I want to say on this is uh, this is something that like seems so obvious, mm-hmm. right? You say it all the time: simple, not easy. Yeah. And uh, it takes like really being in the weeds on this type of thing. Like I remember hearing the goal of like signups. I'm like, cool, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then you know, Elias, uh, you know, our, our CTO and, and co-founder was like. If our goal is signups, then why does the lead form, why does the form on our website have six freaking fields? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think of that until like you look at it with that lens. I was like, totally. ah, because that's how we get signups, right? You yeah. fill out the form and we mm-hmm. want all these roles. And he's like, no. No, get rid of that. Kill them all. Yep. What's, the, what's the only, what's like the least amount of information you need possible to get? Like how can we create, yeah. remove friction from all the, from the whole process? Exactly. And that's how we went down to just email as as the only thing you needed to get started with Drift. Yeah, because we thought of it like, okay, we could either not get people in because the form mm-hmm. is too long or get people in and then figure out their role later. Like role exactly. is not going to mean... It's more. not crucial for us, right? Well, what we want is feedback on the process and feedback on the product and uh, we don't need to know someone's role. We don't need to qualify someone before that they can use our product, just like you don't need to be qualified to go buy a MacBook Air. You yeah. can just go buy it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got two things I didn't prep you on, but I'm going to ask you about anyway. Go. Uh, first one, you've been Snapchatting this book that you've been reading all the time, uh, Jason Lemkin's new book. Oh, yeah, uh, From why Impossible you, to Inevitable. Yeah, why are you loving that book so much? Uh, you know, it's all about timing. So, like, um, we were talking about this on the way to grab a coffee today, and we were saying that sometimes, and this is why I also reread books a lot, uh, depending on the stage that you're at, uh, and listen to things over and over, be, uh, you'll pick up different lessons uh, from the something you may have read or you may have heard in the past. And you were talking about what? Yeah, I re-listened this week. I re-listened to, uh, there's a great podcast series, if you need to take a break from this one, uh, called How don't. to Start a... <laughs> yeah, don't do it. You can do both. Yeah. Uh, it's called How to Start a Startup. It's from Sam Altman and, and YC. And they basically had 20 amazing people uh, come in and just give lectures to Stanford, and they posted all his podcast episodes. And uh, Facebook's VP of Growth, this amazing guy, Alex Schultz, I think his name is, um, he gave a talk about just growth and how Facebook thinks about growth. And I first listened to it like a year and a half ago, two years ago when it came out, and it was all about how growth without retention isn't growth and the importance of retention and focusing on your power users and getting them retained. Mm-hmm. Guess thought, what? Guess I, what? I thought that that you was You ain't gospel. Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, you ain't Facebook, right? That's right. But I thought that uh, I took that as gospel until being here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, we don't have anybody to retain. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got to grow first. Yeah. Let's get Facebook levels. Yeah. So, so, and then so, retain. Anyway, so, you, so you're re- reading this book and it's kind of bringing back, like. Yeah, so there's, uh, I'm reading the, this book uh, from Impossible to Inevitable, Jason Lemkin and Aaron, who wrote Predictive Revenue uh, or Predictable Revenue. Yeah, Aaron Ross. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Ross. And, uh, so great book. I don't think there's necessarily anything 
new that I'm learning in there. But I think for most people like uh, who haven't done five startups, you probably, maybe you'd learn a lot of new things. And um, so it's worth reading. But it's just at the perfect time kind of like a reminder of some of the fundamentals that are, you kind of already know all in one kind of well-written narrative. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. A lot of highlights coming cool. out, a lot of Snapchats that I'm sending to Dave of highlighted sections. And most of it we know already, yeah. but it's good to reinforce the learnings. And the people can get your Snapchats too. That's not a secret thing. Get he, Oh, yeah, get on my good. Snapchats. Yeah, yeah. I was Snapchatting. I ran into a store and I was looking at a, a book, which is one of Austin Kleon's books. So he has uh, a book called Show My Work and Steal Like an Artist is his other book. Great book and it's visually awesome. And I just started Snapchatting like, you know, 10 pages out of there, which I thought were great and sharing them. It's awesome. So get on Snapchat. Decancel. Yeah, Decancel. All right. Other thing. Uh, so you're traveling to speak at uh, Lead Pages this week. That's what, right. I'm going you, out to Minnesota. What are you going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? Uh, stopping the bullshit. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, good, I won't use that title. I'll use a different title. But basically uh, what we're going to talk about is how to get your product team and engineering team uh, focused on what we've learned over and over. Focus on the customer. Uh, focus on getting outside of our heads. And it's kind of like, you know, that's the meta lesson of seeking wisdom, like trying to get out of our head. The more you think like one of us, or the more you are like an engineer, the more likely you are... Uh, to be lost in your head and not want to pull the trigger. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to some people about not over-architecting things, not thinking too much about things, and actually getting out there with customers and solving real problems. Yeah, and this is like a successful company that has grown and just growing pains. You, you ebb and flow, and you, you lose exactly. touch of what's important. And- yeah, great company in Minnesota, you know, 150-some-odd people, startup, and uh, raised, I think, $38 million, doing fantastic as a company and have really expanded and grown in the last year. And, you know, pretty much going through some of the early stuff that we went to, uh, through kind of at HubSpot uh, when we reorganized product and engineering and getting people really focused on the real problem, which is delivering value to customers. Cool. That's a good spot to end it uh, this week. See ya. See ya.